Hi, this is Rachel on Recovery. We've got a special guest, Dr. Stephanie Powell, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself, and then she's going to answer some questions about sex trafficking and her work that she's done with that. Hi, Stephanie. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Um, a little bit about myself. I am a 30-year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, in my last portion of uh, of uh, being on the police department, I was the officer in charge of a vice unit. So I ran a vice unit for LAPD. Um, from there, I became the executive director of an organization that assisted victims of human trafficking. And now I am vice president and director of law enforcement training and survivor services for the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Awesome. Um, so here are some questions. How did you get into stopping sex trafficking? Oh, my goodness. Um, it was it was really by accident. Um, what happened, I was running the vice unit, and I was arresting people for prostitution. And then, you know, I have a personality where, you know, I'm talking people to death on their way to the station, only because I love and I'm interested in people. And what I noticed was I had the impression, just like everybody else, that though everyone in prostitution um, desires to be there, but in talking to uh, some of the people that I was arresting for prostitution, because keep in mind, I left LAPD in 2013, um, they, it was, some of them, it was pimp-driven. And what I noticed was that there were services that were needed. So I um, got together with a nonprofit organization. Um, at that time, it was called the Mary Magdalene Project in L.A., it's now that it's uh, now journey out. But um, I said, hey, if I ever run into anybody who needs services that I am not, you know, arresting or even if I arrest them, hey, can I give them your information? And they said yes. And so from there, once I retired, they had an executive director spot open. And that's how I got into the advocacy of um Helping victims of human trafficking. Um, what are some of the signs to notice that a child is becoming a target for sex trafficking? You know, I, I, I give the signs, but I, I caution people to know that some of the signs that I'm probably going to give you are also going to be uh, things that you see in rebellious teenagers, right? So one of the things that I think is, is very important to notice is that um, a victim of human trafficking, especially if they're a minor, because adults can be victims of trafficking as well, but um, as a minor, a lot of times you're not, they're going to be a little cautious of letting you know who they're hanging out with, who their friends are. Um, and you see that in rebellious teenagers as well, right? Yeah. So um, who their friends are. If you're noticing some unusual tattooing that might have a crown or um, might have some term type of ownership involved or where you may see um, uh, uh, dollar signs, something that has to do with money, um, seeing them with new things that you know are too expensive for them to have bought, and then a change in behavior in that they are distancing themselves uh, from you 
or they are absent from school, or they're coming home late, or they're not coming at home at all. So some of the things that you might see in with an average, you know, teenager are also signs that you need to be paying attention to when we talk about uh, minor victims of, of human trafficking. So all that to say, anytime you see either one, do not be afraid to ask the questions to find out what's going on with them. And also looking at their social media sites to see if there's some strange activity there as well. Are they talking to people that you don't know? Are they talking to adults that you, you don't know? So sometimes, unfortunately, teenagers, I'm sorry, but moms and dads, you're going to have to play detective. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, what are some most common misconceptions when it comes to sex trafficking? I think some of the misconceptions um, that people have is one that everyone who is in prostitution are victims of human trafficking, and that is not true. Victims of human trafficking are in prostitution because there's been some type of force, fraud, or coercion. Sometimes simply put is that it is um, pimp-driven prostitution. And so I think the myth is, is that everyone who is in prostitution are victims of human trafficking. However, having said that, if it is a minor who is in prostitution, by their age alone, they are considered to be a human trafficking victim. Okay, that's good to know. Um, what are some of the aftermath you see in recovering from sex trafficking? Oh, that, you know, I, I, I sighed because, you know, just when I think about it and um, speaking to the survivors, either adults or, or um, minors, it's, you know, a lot of pieces of their lives have just been dismantled. And so them needing to put those pieces back together, um, them needing the support from those that are closest to them to understand, because there's still this stigma of, of prostitution, right? And so I think the important thing is that if you're dealing with a survivor of human trafficking, you need to walk alongside them, meaning they have some idea of what they need in order to put their lives together. And what they need is your support in helping them put their lives together as opposed to someone constantly telling them what they need to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. <clears throat> yeah, oftentimes people want to tell them what they need to do next. What they really need from people, especially those closest to them, it's just to help them get there. And helping them get there may be helping them find a job, having a place to live, being able to get maybe an education that they missed during the time that they were trafficked. And most important, believe them. And give them room that when they want to talk about it, they're going to talk about it. Fair enough. I can see that could be really helpful. Um, what's this, what support systems are in place for those recovering from being trafficked? There are numerous organizations that are um, 
age appropriate that are out there to help victims of trafficking. So again, it might be that they may need a place to live. It might be that um, uh, law enforcement, there are some law enforcement agencies that work very closely with nonprofit organizations. And I know, um, and I still get them today, where I will get calls from um, LAPD or from the Sheriff's Department in which they are trying to find services for a victim of trafficking. And sometimes that service may be that um, their trafficker or pimp has brought them down from, let's say, um, Seattle, Washington, and now they need to get back home to their family. So there are services that are out there that will help people get back home, that will help them with things like education, help them with things like places to live, um, and also help them find jobs, and even more importantly, help them with their um, with the arrest records that they might have incurred during their um, their trafficking. Um, are there any that help with like the mental health aspect of the aftermath of the PTSD they may have? Yes. So you'll find organizations um, that have either contracted out or they have therapists working within their organization um, that will be able to help them. And I would say um, viable organizations, which there are quite a few, are trauma-informed. And as a part of being trauma-informed, they know the importance uh, that counseling plays. And so, therefore, they will offer therapy either in-house or they will have uh, the resources to be able to um, uh, send people to. Fair enough. Um, What things um, would you like to see put in place uh, for software engineers to help prevent sex trafficking? You know, I, I, I love this question because oftentimes traffickers will um, either use social media in order to advertise the people that they are selling or they will force those that are being sold to put themselves on social media sites. So what I say is, is that um, careful monitoring is really important on these sites. If it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. And then also um, coming up with some bulletproof way to enforce age verification policies. So those, would, I would say, would be two things that I could think of off the top of my head that would be incredibly helpful um, for uh, social media or the Internet to do. Um, what are things you would like to see put in place in the community to help prevent sex trafficking? I think it's really important um, for the community to really understand that it doesn't matter what community you are in. Human trafficking takes place everywhere. It may not be as visible because people will say, well, I don't have a prostitution (laughs) track in my city. Yeah, but you have hotels and the Internet goes everywhere. And so um, I think uh, uh, it's very important to continue to uh, uh, make communities aware, to make our young people aware, because, again, they use the Internet, and 
um, pimps are good, pimps traffickers are good for recruiting off of the internet. And so um, I, I think awareness needs to really continue. Awareness and paying attention to um, laws that are being implemented. Okay. What are some long-term impacts you have seen of survivors of sex trafficking? I've seen post-traumatic stress disorder. I've seen where um, I'm talking to a 23-year-old that may have been trafficked since the age of 13, and there's an arrested development where even though they are physically 23, I'm talking, still talking to that 13-year-old. So you see it in terms of um, their decision-making. Um, you may see them as being um, very compulsive. Um, you will see that they will have high scores when it comes to adverse childhood experiences, um, experience tests. Um, so those are some of the, the, the long-term effects of it, and not to mention um, the, the trauma uh, that happens as a result. So although I am telling you these things that are long-term, they also can be reversible because I've seen these same people be so high in their ability to overcome their adversity. So it's not something where it cannot be reversed. But these are some of the things that I have seen in terms of long-term effects that just need to be addressed. Okay. Because, um, I mean, I know, because I do a lot of research with childhood sexual abuse in general, and it has a very long-term effect on their marriages and on their relationships, even after the math. And I would feel like some of those same traits, even though they're, a lot of them come from inside the family. I mean, it's a little different when it comes from outside the family. But to be trafficked, well, trafficked that's a whole different ballgame. Well, what's interesting about that is those things that you just named, the same thing happens. Not knowing how to be in relationships, right? Because all you know is that um, relationships to you, people have had to pay for. So does someone really love me just for me? And not to mention, you know, there's statistics out there that show 80 to 90% of victims of human trafficking were unfortunately victims of childhood sexual abuse. Yeah, I mean, there's um, a huge correlation, right? So it, so it ends up being, unfortunately, the same person that you and I are talking about. And because of their abuse, it just makes... Uh, what has happened to them, a risk factor and vulnerable to a predator who wants to sell them, right? It's kind of like, well, you've been doing it so long with your uncle, why not do it, you know, and get paid for it? That's what the predators or the traffickers say to them. So you, yes, you do see the same effect, but then as you also know, um, when people recognize that unfortunately this damage has been done to them, you know, they will go into counseling, they will be aware, and hopefully they get the help that they need in order to get through this because it is there. So exactly, it is exactly the same. Okay. 
Well, because I, I was curious about that. Because um, I know some of the sex trafficking happens with parents and that sort of thing. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, and I, and again, you are really bringing out and asking the right questions that some people just don't talk about. And so when you talk about familial trafficking, it is absolutely happening. And the survivors of that are, uh, are saying, hey, I was trafficked by my grandfather, but that needs to be talked about more so. You know, that needs to be talked about just as often as we're talking about people that have been trafficked either by a stranger or, or a boyfriend. Yeah. I have ran across victims that as young as that will tell me, hey, you know, they're 23 now, now, but when they were five years old, their grandfather was pimping them out to the neighborhood. Um, I was looking at stats that showed anywhere between 3 and 44%. And, and what they found that that 44%, that was more of what was um, where they were being sold on the Internet or their pictures were being sold or traded on the Internet. So it is an issue that absolutely needs to be addressed and people need to understand that unfortunately people will sell their children for the purposes of sex to make money off of them to pay off a gambling debt or to pay off the rent. You know, I mean, it's one of those awful things that nobody wants to talk about, but we need to talk about it. Because it is happening to people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I do have one question. Um, it's, it's kind of on a similar darkness. How many of them come back alive, you know, after sex trafficking versus that don't make it? Meaning, um, oh, so like, if you could just clarify. Like, they they just don't, you know, they're kidnappers or, you know, the people in charge of them just kill them or... Oh, they end up murdered. I don't have the exact statistics on on that, but let me say this, that victims of human trafficking, there's a very small percentage, and I know that that's been out there, that the guy in the white van drives up and kidnaps people. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but it's probably 1% to 2%. Nine times out of ten, a victim of human trafficking knows their... Um, their trafficker, either it's somebody that has befriended a uh, a runaway, um, or it's someone that has come into their life as a boyfriend or, or, or girlfriend, um, and so that appears to be more common than it being an absolute stranger that has kidnapped them off the street. But here's the thing that people do need to understand: that it is incredibly violent. And that there are those that die at the hands of their pimps or traffickers. That that is, um, unfortunately, can be a, a, a common occurrence. And if it's not so much dying, I can guarantee you that they can be um, physically harmed uh, in terms of being thrown out of cars or being beaten as a result of not bringing in enough money, or um, not showing respect. 
So there is an extreme violent nature to this. And when we talk statistics, you will have, and, and, and so statistics have to be reported, right? So it's going to either be reported by a hospital or it's going to be reported by the police. If that victim does not make a police report, nobody knows that she was a victim of that type of abuse. If she doesn't go to the hospital, we don't know. So the stats that are out there just kind of give us an idea, but it doesn't give us a true idea because it's not adding in those that don't report. But what we do know is that there's a very violent nature to all of this. That's, you know, I figured there would be, but I mean, it's always nice to ask somebody that is in the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because, I mean, I think of domestic abuse survivors, and I think they say if you, you know, if women leave, there's a five out of six chance she's not coming back alive. So, yeah. Yeah. So I figured, I don't want, I wouldn't know what the data would be on that, but I mean, it, when somebody starts abusing you like that, they don't value your life. Oh, yeah. No. The only way that your, your life would be of some value is that the person makes money off of your life, right? Right. So they need you alive to make money. Yes. Very true. Um, as as dark as that is. Um, I just think it's just so horrific of how uh, people will use others for financial gain. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, that's just, that's a scary world that we live in. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. And I think that's it, guys. See you guys next Thursday. Listen to us on your favorite podcast or social media platform. And uh, as always, uh, if you have any questions,